Investigators and welcome to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Tonight we have another cool one-shot from Sean Little. It's entitled The Faunus, and it's set in the year 2080. This, I believe, is our first space adventure, and we are all really excited. So, without any further delay, let's begin our journey into the darkness of space. Sean? Thanks, Tom. All of you are employees of the Quan Canyon Corporation and are essentially workers on transport vessel. Uh, transport vessels, you work on numerous set of vessels uh, throughout your careers, depending on the length of your career, of course. And you have been given a job. You're going to be transporting some materials. And that's all you've been initially told. You either call you in your homes, in your apartments, whatever you want to call it, on the moon. And uh, at a base, it's, it's, you're just relaxing after you know a week off after a long, uh, long, long haul you had made uh, in recent weeks. But before we begin, how about everybody just introduce themselves one by one so that uh, people know who you are and what your character is. A little bit about yourself, if you like. Okay. Well, I'm Cal Wolf three five nine. I'm an engineer. I uh, was born on the Langstrom Space Station and uh, studied engineering, maintenance engineering mostly. I can pretty much take the ship apart and put it back together, except for some of the parts that are beyond my, my maintenance class level. I am Theophilus Brown, doctor at large. I take care of the crew and keep them in tip-top shape. I am Pius Sabana. I am a maintenance technician, a tall, st uh, very uh, muscular gentleman. Um, couldn't knock it in pilot school or anything like that. Couldn't even get into it. So I just lug boxes around the space shuttle and, and moves, you know, they point, I'll move it. How about our captain? Hi, I'm Ford. I'm playing uh, Captain uh, Jim Elric, pilot of the sh ship. I've been piloting and captaining ships for the company for many years. Uh, if, it, if it flies on, uh, on planets, on space, I can fly it. And our co-pilot? My name is Barry Landau. I am your co-pilot. I'm not here to make friends. This is my job. I do this, then I go home to my real life. That is all. And I'm the odd man out, uh, Franz Nestle, born on Earth. Uh, and I bear that distinction with some small pride. All right. Thank you. You are, as I said, in your rooms. You're on the moon base that uh, you call your home. It's not necessarily for all of you the home you choose to call your full-time home, but it's it's where you live most of the time. You do travel back to Earth uh, 
regain your sea legs, so to speak. Uh, well, your non-sea legs, your earth legs. You've been off for a week or so uh, following a previous mission and uh, the ship that you work on nowadays, most of the time, the Faunus, the crew that you crew, has been taken into, well, dry dock is what you call it on Earth. And it's been refitted. That's all you were told. You're called up. You know that today was the day you're supposed to arrive. So it's, it's not... It's not like nowadays where you're on the, you know, you prepare for weeks in advance. You really just show up for work. And uh, you're called into what, what's known as the government office. Uh, as you arrive, there's a, there's a boardroom, standard boardroom that, uh, you know, you've been in it before. And at this room, uh, there's a fellow up front. He's in full uniform. Uh, but he's not wearing his, his you know, his head, headgear. And he says, greetings, everyone. I'm, haven't met you before. My name's Mark Dante. I just thought I'd give you a little briefing before your mission. Uh, it's a standard mission, same as you've done multiple times before. As you know, we've refitted the Faunus with some new engines, uh, new drives. And uh, big surprise, I mean, the pilots have trained for this. The rest of you have told about it. It allow, This is a very fast drive, and it's been tested multiple times on uh, unmanned vessels. You're going to be very happy with this. You're going to make the return trip to Mars and back to drop off some supplies at one of the uh, well, this, this, this station that you've been assigned within 15 days. So 15 days. 15 days. We cut it back. Uh, oh, the pilots will, the, the pilots can talk to the maneuverability of this drive. They've done some virtual training. Unlike previous ships, you do not have to flip, burn it, burn fuel like crazy to stop. You can actually reverse the engines without moving your ship. You can slow down fairly quickly. It's maneuverable, just like in oldie time movies. And it doesn't, uh, it, it, it doesn't use as much fuel. I mean, this is, this is a, a boost to our, uh, our profits and our ability to get materials and emergencies supplies to and from our outposts. Any questions? Well, I'm really uh, surprised the corporation shows us we're the most experienced crew that uh, we trust. Uh, am I, am I going to be able to access the specs on this thing? You, you have access to the panels and the computers and such. It's a sealed system. Unlike previous systems where you would actually physically go into the drive area, it's a sealed system. But there are cameras you can see within the... You, just, you can't go in there due to the... Uh, it's not it's not as dangerous as it might sound let's just say we don't want you in there right now and uh we've, we've got some robotic uh arms and such in there that can actually do the work for you all right it works trust me we've sent out many unmanned missions using this device or this device this drive trust me cal you're in for a treat here yeah, well, I'm I'm only concerned if something goes wrong. And if something goes wrong, and I can't get yeah. going wrong, then robots, Cal, robots. It looks like we're going to be getting pushed out of a job in the next five years. Yeah, Pius, you know as well as I do that there's things robots can't do. And, I've, uh, I've got two questions. Of course, go ahead. My first question is. Um, has the hull been reinforced? Because obviously if we're traveling faster, then if we encounter any debris, um, obviously it's gonna, it's gonna have a, a, a much greater effect. 
Good question. Absolutely accurate. Uh, or sorry, absolutely a good question. And you are accurate in your concerns. We've increased the shell thickness in areas of concern. So areas where any kind of penetration could damage uh, sensitive components. We've added additional shielding. And uh, if you look at your, your diagram that I've provided you of the ship, I mean, it's, it looks like your ship is normal. There are some hard bulkhead uh, areas that have been added to some specifically sensitive areas. Uh, question, very... question 1A, um, uh, are the crew regarded as sensitive components? That was my next question, yeah. Always, you're the lifeblood of our, you know, the organization, they, they need you, we need you. And, and question two, which is uh, more of a um, less in character and more of a metagame question. Uh, why does the uh, deck of the spaceship in uh, Tom's backdrop appear to have a wood-burning stove to the right of him? I don't know what you're looking at. I think that's the microphone stand. Oh, this? Was it? Oh, right. <laughs> Sorry. My microphone. <laughs> it's a space bong. <laughs> now I have to cut this part out. Six or seven. A stove. Stoke in the furnace. <laughs> oh, I no, I see. It is the microphone. No, right. Okay. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> so the microphone and then a big black bit coming out the top of it. I thought... <laughs> It's a wood-fired spaceship. I didn't tell you. Yeah, this is the Franklin stove That's drive that we're testing. Well, it's very That's cold the... in space. But, well, and because because of the current pollution levels on Earth, we all we all breathe uh, carbon monoxide and on a regular basis. So we can have wood-burning stoves on our tiny little go. ship. All right, let's continue. So my my, my second question then is um, what. What, what exactly is this engine? How does it work? It's uh, proprietary to Audi. We can't, I can't really. Yeah, that discuss. doesn't tell me how it works. Yeah. Hmm. Um, it is biological. This is what we've been told. If you can keep it amongst yourselves, as we've been told, it has something to do with, and this can't go any further than this room, the, dis, the rapid destruction at the cellular level of a rapidly regenerating biological process. That's the way they sold it to us. Well, now we're in the realm of uh, fronds. There's some I ethics in here involved in this. shit. He shuts the door and he says, the fuel is algae. That's what I was thinking. That's kind of what I was told, guys. I can't. I'm not a scientist. I'm an astronaut like you guys. Hmm. It's algae. That's not unfamiliar. I've been hearing about stuff like this for well over 20 years. It's, well, in, it's case like there, in, in case there's any problems, will is there manuals for us to repair stuff so we're not stuck out there? Well, as you know, we have between here and each of our outposts a series of flashpoint, quick connect discussion uh, satellites, as you will. We can talk you through anything. We can send you anything. There's no, we don't have the delays we had in the old days, as you know. And if something goes wrong, 
we can talk you through it. This is a self, right. self-sufficient vessel. It's all, all good. right. Because on the old, oh, continue. Go ahead. Did they did they replace that old Sal unit? Uh, that AI was really tricky. It it tried to go all Hal on us that one time. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, we've washed our hands of that. It's just an anomaly that won't happen again. All Guaranteed. Right. You remember, Pius? That was ridiculous. All right. So when do we get to see this damn ship? Well, come with me, fellas. And he opens a side door and you go into a bay and you can see through the, the six-inch plexiglass uh, windows, the ship you've known and loved. It has new pods, new nacelles, if you will, on the side of the ship. Uh, big the five rings, the Audi symbol on the side. And it's uh, black engines. You see someone pumping fluid of some sort because you can see the, the hose moving as they pump it into like the bottom part, which is a larger, like I guess you would say a fuel tank essentially. Uh, and you do also notice at the back end, see the way your ship is designed, if, if you look at the, if you see the diagram, the back end is where the cargo pods are loaded in. And you can see the pods are being lifted up and chunked into place. Yeah. He says, that's some more information for you guys need to know is you're not just delivering supplies. Uh, it's, it, it's literally gonna take you five hours out of your way. You're gonna deliver supplies as normal, but then you also have to airdrop from space three containers of this stuff, these pods, uh, to the Northern Pole regions. It's a six hour delay. Uh, Mars, yes. It's a six hour delay, uh, self-contained pods. You push the, literally, you're gonna push the button. These things are gonna pop out of the bottom of your ship. The pod bay will op open, drop the, the actual pod. It will open. The three, three containers will drop and they will project themselves down to the Mars, to the Northern uh, Hemisphere. Uh, you're going to get a bonus of 2000 euro dollars each to, just to do this little extra oh, bit of work. So that works for me. Yep. You can play uh, stuff that I haven't done before. You're literally, it's like you're bombing Mars's North Pole, but it's not a bad thing. What's to do there a community at the pole that's going to retrieve? No, no, this is part of the terraforming efforts of the Northern uh, Pole. Yeah, mm. I thought so. Probably more of your algae. Who knows? I'm trying to make Not a scientist. Mars. All right. Pius, let's go get a look at the inside of this ship and see what how they fucked it up on us. Yeah. There's there's always got a little glitch with new tech whenever they put it in. Well, okay. it's not like they completely redesigned the inside. We'll see what, what that's all about. Yeah, Mark, the, is, the, is the algae where the fuel cells used to be? The fuel cells contain a tank around the outside of the engine itself. And as you know, this fuel, and he says, please don't talk about it as algae, it's proprietary. Oh. This fuel is contained in the outside where it grows. It's fed into the engine. The engine breaks it down and creates energy do, from it. Do we need to think about uh, those tanks receiving light? I mean, they're growing on something. We need to, are there panels? We need to keep them pointed at something? It's a self-contained unit. That's, that's all I know, he says. What do they call on this drive? The Audi ESA drive? Yeah, I'm mute. Sorry, I muted myself. Um, he says, well, 
the drive is the Audi ESA. The Audi ESA is the company that built, that constructed your ship. Uh, Quantum PLC of London are the owners of the pods. They haven't really given the pods a name necessarily, but the drives themselves are just Audi new, new drives. Like uh, he says, I, I can find you the name for it if you wish, but uh, it's on the specifications inside the ship. Yeah. Thanks. All right. Come on, Pius. All right. So if you're all good, you guys can pack your gear, whatever you want to take. You know the rules. Yeah. Uh, how soon are we scheduled to depart? Six hours. Six hours. Mm. Yeah. Want to do a once over, uh, Wolf? Yeah, we'll see if we need to do it twice and a third over. I want to see what this is. I want to at least get the lay of this thing so that I know what to push and what not to push. I'm with you there, Wolf. Let's let's have a look at this. God I'd like to get a good, good suss out on this thing before we take it out. Yeah, I'm curious, too. We also have to make sure we know what pods we're dropping where. That's going to be easy. Yeah, it's Getting on the manifest. That's probably all computer controlled. All right. Largely. So... I don't actually see where we get into this ship. Is it above one of the engines? Is that where the it's, door it's is? the underside. Everything loads from the underside. The oh, ship is okay. above the ground. The fuel goes in. The pods are loaded from the underside of the back of the entrance. There's actually a, like an elevator like thing that drops down. Okay. Inside. So where does the elevator come up to? The, front, the, the, the nose? If you look at your map, you will uh -huh. see there's an area around the entertainment lounge workspace. Right. That is parked. That is the area the elevator comes right up in the middle at the back end where the doorway is of that. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we step out of that door and then the corridor goes to the right and left. And then there's a passageway up the middle of the ship. Uh, what are what are rooms A, B, C, D, and E? Are those our room our bedrooms? Those are your quarters, yes. Quarters. All right. I call dibs on the captain's quarters. Yeah, I was going to say, those are our quarters. You've got the nice big room up front. Yeah, Just captain and co-pilot get their own room. All right. Well, I'll take A. All right. You all can decide where you all are. Um, I'll take B. So I'm going to spend 15 or 20 minutes just walking around looking at the systems and seeing so that I know where everything is, which probably just amounts to looking at the map that you sent us. Mm -hmm. I'm well, doing the same with both engineers. I want to you know, see what they're seeing, get a lay of how things are working. Even if I don't understand all the tech specs, I want to at least know what I'm working with. And Sean, it is our ship. It was just updated basically, correct? That's correct. The only changes to the ship are the actual engines, the engine room is the same, but the pods are different. And those areas that are called hard bulkheads, those were added as well, which also connects to the area where the fuel is right. stored. So um, can, I, can I assume then that we discovered that, as they say, everything is self-contained? We really don't have any kind of access to this drive other than through the computer. Well, there, yes, through the computer, you can see there are cameras within the, the, the drive area you recognize. You recognize 
you would go in before and you would service components. Oh, sure. Yeah. So now you can see inside. And there are actually, as he described, arms, robotic arms that you can control with the computer with joysticks and such. They don't want any contamination. There's all kinds of warnings on the doors. Don't okay. contaminate. And there's uh, there's access to like a manual or, or procedures. Okay. Yep. Electronic document on a tablet. Two of them, one for each side of the ship in the engine areas. Well, Pius, I think I'm going to go back to my quarters, get my stuff, come right back here, and then spend a couple of hours reading through these manuals. Yeah, I think I'll do that with you too. But you know, if it's broken, we could fix it. So it's just. Well, I hope so. As long as the radio, as long as we can make sure that the radio is working, then we can always call for help if something goes wrong. Because we're not like going to bump into a planet or anything. We're just going to. We're just going to float around until somebody comes and gets us. Yeah. Well, for my last 20 trips, if I didn't know it, you did and vice versa. So I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, but that was on that ion drive. I mean, we know the ion drive like the back of our, back hand. Of our hand. Oh, look at that. Oh, um, Holy crap. I never noticed that before. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> All right. I'm going to go get my stuff. Well, we Everybody do that joke every trip. <laughs> Everybody has time to get whatever they want to take with them that's within reason. Of course, you know the rules of, of space flight. No weapons. Right. No explosives. No devices that start fires. And uh, no bags of Cheerios. Nothing that's going to, yeah, nothing that's going to be like spine particles throughout the air. Uh, there is a good filtration system, so it's not so much an issue as it was a century ago. But. Yeah, I remember back in the day when the ships, everybody would come out of the ships at the destination smelling like farts. That was <laughs> bad. Everything clean. All right. So that's what I'm going to do. So we'll, can we, if, if we move ahead, I, I'm sorry, you, you're right on the game. <laughs> that's fine. But yeah, we're going to move ahead. If anybody wants to bring anything odd, different, interesting, let me know, write it down, or uh, otherwise I'll just assume you have normal spacefaring kit. Yeah, other than maybe some pinups. Well, there's probably, they didn't like clean, well, they probably did clean the place, so. Yeah, the engine room's been scrubbed of, of everything you kept in there. It's in, um, they're in boxes in the, the lounge. Yeah. Would we be allowed to bring uh, a book, or does the, um, the ban on, on paper still stand? It's fine now. They have excellent fire suppression systems in the ships nowadays. Okay. Well, considering that our usual used to our trips used to take months, so it's like yeah, no. but they they forced us to use the uh, computerized books. Remember the tablets? Well, yeah. I mean, granted, Lando likes the uh, old antique shit, but whatever. What's uh, wrong with the old antique shit? <laughs> I do like those vintage pinups you got from 2020. Oh yeah, yeah those those we just printed out on the on the oh, I printer. Thought they were old. <laughs> no, all that stuff was all that paper got used up. Remember? Um. All right, so I mean, I'm gonna redecorate my my room a little bit. You know, with some pictures and stuff on the wall. My gear. Uh, we're not supposed to bring alcohol. 
Right. We're not supposed to, and we never do. Yeah. I only bring it for medicinal value. <laughs> yeah, Doc, we got to hope. Yeah. Yeah, you you know, there might be some problems with this drive and we might all get hurt. You better bring some extra medicine. And I brought the uh, WD-40 containers that I always bring, so. So, uh, do we call you Dr. Uh, Franz Nestle? Uh, you know, I'm not very formal about that sort of thing. Um, do you have any idea why you're on the, uh, coming along or? Are you just heading to Mars? I get shuttled around uh, under circumstances that are not always clear to me. Corporate stuff. Sometimes they want me to look at something and I don't know what it is until I've seen it. Well, do you know anything about this biological? No, I'm going to spend a substantial part of the six hours, you know, pouring over the three legal nets to see if I can gather any information about how the hell an algae makes us go so fast yeah well can if i if i have any questions because there are some things in these manuals that are like what the hell is this talking about maybe you'll understand maybe not they might have just coded all the words or... yeah i mean hopefully i'll be able to drive something theoretical about it even if i can't determine what exactly is going on what the hell is a dillo pump i i have no idea what the hell a dillo pump is so okay they're a, they're a um, famous wealthy family from the east coast of america in the uh, early 21st century the dillo pumps yeah they used to holiday in um was that the girl with the big ass no the one that no, was on tv that um, should never have been given a show i can't remember that here no that was um I can't remember. I think that was Rosa Parks. I'm not very good oh. at history. Um, yeah, that sounds really familiar. Yeah. Thank God the whole uh, reality TV fad went out. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, that, well, that I mean, yeah, well, uh, TV didn't survive the Dark Ages. That was a bloody mess when it finished. Mm. What, 50,000 people were lost? <laughs> <laughs> the great television wars. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't much of a war. <laughs> well, my 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 great grandfather, um, uh, he fought on behalf of Channel Twenty Three. You know, he <laughs> I really, heard about that. Really? Yeah, he, he he lost an eye in the Blipfer Offensive. Oh my God! Mm. He must be very proud. Wow. Yeah, but you know that wasn't much of a war because the average intelligence of the people watching those shows was that. Technically, they were house plants. Yes. The YouTubers actually did pretty well, though, because that wasn't technically television. That was creativity at its best. Oh, was that that thing they used to have with the computers and the videos? Yeah. Well, yeah, people would actually do things. They'd play games. Have oh, it's amazing, isn't it? Like, I, I read about that in school. What, what did what they call it? The intranets or something? No, like, intro intro was like just didn't realize how bad it was for them. Mm. Well, it did cause all the social the social wars that followed because the social. Anyways, let's 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 get this damn ship off the ground. Imagine, yeah. imagine, imagine buying something like that that made your brain come out through your ears. Jesus, <laughs> no doubt. All right, uh, friends. Uh, you're you're looking through things. I'm. 
so the primary focus of what you want to look at before you leave, you're talking about the drives. Is that mm -hmm. what you're most interested yeah. in? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You only, you don't even have to roll for it because it's, it's actually quite readily available. Yeah. It's just a lot of research that has gone into taking something that was, it was hypothetical years ago. They could take something that could continuously regenerate itself, break it down at the cellular and atomic level and produce energy from it. So instead of a, a uranium, for example, this was the original hypothesis, instead of a uranium type material that broke down over time, you used the heat energy from the breakdown or facilitated more of a breakdown. This is a separate situation where you were taking things that were alive, algae, for example, and using a, f a form of fusion to break those that down, creating energy from the destructive nature of the fusion, uh, fission rather, and uh, at the same time, more of it would be growing. So it's like a continuous regenerating fuel source. They it's an, it's an it's an SSES, a, a self-sustaining energy source. Okay. Essentially. Yeah. They just found a way to make it more efficient. Mm -hmm. They found and a way. The reason it's it. faster is because we could just use more fuel to push things faster because it's we're not going to run out of it. That's right. That's but right. since energy can either be created or destroyed, the self-sustaining nature of this, is it coming from someplace other than our normal three-dimensional space? Where does well, that input? There's fuel added to the ship, remember. This is what they're saying. They pump fuel in. So they're pumping in nutrients, algae. Maybe some sort of super growth hormone that's making it grow faster than normally replace the fuel that it's using. There's a ton of patents out there that, that, that you see that aren't that don't explain the process, but you know there's patent, 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 patent after a while and no description. It's all confidential, corporate confidentiality. You know, um, I think Audi used to make cars. Very good ones. Ground cars. Yeah, when they were using something like petrol to make it go. Petrol? Yeah, yeah, petrol. Not, not the cheese, <laughs> but the, the actual... Petrol? They used, to, they, they, they used to be a um, bird called called a petrel mm. as well. well. I mean, they used to be birds. Well, yeah, the animals that like flew in the air like planes until the Great Bird Wars. I think that's a myth. No, it's true. I mean, they they you know it's like I've seen I've seen the remains. They yeah, they go with those tiny, dinosaurs tiny, too, which was a bunch of nonsense. bones. They had. Uh, and some people are trying to resurrect them. They may have had like things like sort of these fibrous growths that came out of them, um, that they weren't just skin. We learned about that when they told us about something called bees too. Like this little thing that would fly to flowers and stuff. I that think made, that's just, made some sort of magical nectar that everybody used to sweeten their tea. What a yeah. bunch of what's a what a bunch of nonsense that all is. All right, let's get this. Uh, let's get the fired up and get going. Uh, is it this right. red button here? Does that start the? <laughs> you don't start the ship. You are not in control until you are outside of the uh, the, the uh, gravity. Okay. I see. You, you don't. You don't get to go in the cockpit. That's true. We have. There's, there's a. There's an area at the front of the ship where the pilot co-pilot sit that it doesn't isn't shown on the map, but it's slightly separate from the where the rest of you sit in that little triangle yeah. area. 
Yeah, you need to have a formal <laughs> education to sit in that section of the uh, ship. So Pius, I had 12 so years of shop class. So Pius, as soon as we get the chance, I got that new video game. Uh, they say it's the best Call of Cthulhu version that they've ever done. It's way better than all the crap that came beforehand. Nice. I can't wait. I heard, I read about it on the Infosphere, but... Yeah, I got it. I got it last night. Oh, nice. I thought it wasn't coming out till next month. I've got connections. You're the man. Is it going to be multiplayer like they were talking about? You're going to be busy. You're going to be busy making the ship go. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah it's when yeah, we're yeah, done. Yeah. yeah, it's multiplayer. Good. We've been talking about that for years. Yeah. Go fly the ship. Mm-hmm. You've got your thing. You're on the ship. The, you're being pushed uh, to to get on board because there's a little bit of time before you go. Uh, where you have to be on the ship. It's, um, the one thing that just is mentioned to you as as you are as you are preparing to go is, look, uh, just so you know, these pods. Uh, if you take a look at the map right now, you'll see that uh, they're actually in uh, pod pod uh, one to two are the supplies for Mars Station. Three are the pods that you will be dropping from space into the northern hemisphere of Mars. And five and six, those are the ones that are repurposed as sleeping quarters for the passengers you'll pick up at the space station. So, so that's all. Mm. The, other, the other pod bays, there's no pods that have been added into them. And that's standard practice. You just only load what you need to carry. Okay. So you guys are on the ship. The engines start up early. They're exceedingly quiet. You're used to the engine, the ship vibrating a bit. It's more of a whoosh when they start and the engines and they just hum. Just I don't hum. like that at all. Does that just feel wrong to you? Slightly. Oh, technology. You remember that, that weird, that weird vibro noise with that beeping, that irritating beep? I missed that. Yeah, well, that's when we used to crank our music and yeah. just sit back, and now we got to sit up there with the rest of the crew. I like laying in my bed while we take off. Yeah, counting the beeps. All right, well. All right. You're in your flight suits. You have to put your helmets on. It's an old rule from back in the old days. Even though, you know, if your ship blows up, you're dead. But you still have to put the flight suits on or in the helmet. Your, your ship angles upwards. The whole platform you're on angles upwards and off you go quietly into space and up into the air, or the air, not air, into the, uh, the outside of the very extremely thin atmosphere on, on the moon. And you see through the, the viewports and through the cameras and that are attached to the computers, you can see the base moving away behind you. You head towards Earth, you loop around Earth, and then the pilots actually begin to take control, uh, more control. You loop around Mars one more time, or not Mars, the moon rather, and boom, course is, pi- pro- and pro- course is set and you are off. So you're heading off into space and then after about an hour, uh, the, the light goes on, ding. You have the ability to change out of your suits into something more comfortable because you got two, a couple weeks. Oh, thank God. 
holy crap, they didn't put any restrooms on this ship. <laughs> All right. Mr. Landau, want to get changed? I suppose so. All right. I'll take I'll take control here until you're done. Okay, I will um, head off and go and put on my uh, coarse dark blue jumpsuit with a patch on the shoulder that says Moonbase Gamma. It probably says Gamma Moonbase, actually. Likely. It's triangular. Or possibly um, a trapezoid. Does the acceleration feel different to us yet from what a normal trip is like? Yes, it's extremely smooth. It's extremely fast. You, you, put, you feel yourself pushed back in your chair more than you know, you're used to. Uh, not that, you know, it's, it's what's the difference between, you know, umpteen this and umpteen that plus 25%, but you're going much faster than usual. Um, the pilots, obviously, you're going to play around with the controls a bit, and it's easy enough to set your, your course back. You find you are very maneuverable. In the old days, you had little jet, cold jet thrusters that would push you side to side as you were going. It's, it's, it's all, it, you can see the actual engines at the back of the engines, the control, the, the actual vanes move. So you don't have those cold jets uh, for control as much. It's a, it's just like something out of the movies from a hundred years ago. In the uh, control center, are those little squares meant to represent seats? Yes, they are. Sorry. Okay. So wait. we're all in the control center. Except the co-pilot and pilot are up front and there's a, there's a barrier between them and you that it's, it's just glass. But, uh, it's plexiglass. I'm in the entertainment center. You know that that new thing that they keep talking about, the new piloting techniques, reminds me of that antique movie, the Star Trek Wars or Trek Space Wars, where they would fly around the ships. Are you talking about Star Wars? Is that, is that the one with the, the space That's hairdresser it. and his best friend's a dustbin? No, I think that was no. Yeah, yeah, he's talking about Star Wars. His, his dad's a robot, and and he shags his sister. That one. That's it. Yeah. And he, I, I we've think got an nerd alert. We've got an nerd alert. That was the <laughs> la They had that Sasquatch, that big Sasquatch, walking around with him. People yeah, in the past, those movies are classic. And stop at a certain point because you know, Disney destroyed that whole thing. They're they're not in three D. They're not in holographic. They're just movies i mean who can get into that yeah it's a bit passive isn't it you know like, i like yeah it's like watching an old old video you know i mean there's older one it's kind of a swashbuckler sort of thing you know it's yeah. just really flat yeah exactly flat exactly yeah it's not immersive you can't there's no smell of vision there's no you know you, you can't you, smell you watch it on a holographic projector. It's just like it's it's just at the back. What, yeah, what when it? they remastered it, they didn't put in the three D effect. They didn't put the scents and smells in. I want to know what that Sasquatch <laughs> smells like. <laughs> Probably like ass. Lots of sweaty ass. Yeah, because the guy, the guy who directed it, for some reason, he always used to wear like this great big scarf made of bacon wherever he went. <laughs> 
No, I think that was the other guy there, Mr. Landau. That was that was back in the the twenty twenties, right? Yeah. No, that was it was in the nineteen hundreds they made that. Yeah, like nineteen twenty something or other. Yeah. Bacon's. Oh. I don't think it's that old. I don't think it's that old. Nineteen twenty-seven. We could test our onboard computer and ask it the question, but you know how the computer drones on and on about things like that. Yeah, and then computer. Did you say computer? Hi, guys. Uh, yeah, when was Star Wars? Nineteen seventy-seven. Oh, see, it's not the twenties. So, twenties, seventies, same thing. Computer, what is our current speed relative to uh, point of origin? I can't give you that information at this point in time. That's curious. But you're on track to being on time for your arrival. Very well. Uh, I'd like to um, look at external monitors. I'm curious about any redshift that's happening that will tell me if I, this is the fastest I've ever gone, I think. I'm curious about what things look like out there in the star field. You see a video, uh, not a video, you see a feed comes on your computer, shows you the stars don't look like they're moving, of course. Uh, you don't see any anomalies, anything redshift, nothing that is, sorry, no, nothing that is inferring that you are traveling faster than, three times faster than the fastest ship you've been on. All right. After all, anything I'm looking at is a lot farther away than the difference in my speed. So, mm -hmm. how many G's are we pulling? Oddly, it doesn't feel any different than when you normally fly. So we're not pushed back in our seats. No, we're slowly accelerating. I'm sure. Yeah, you are slowly accelerating. It, it when you took off, you felt more G's, but it's it's not it's not like you're. I'm asking because Cal said he was going to the entertainment center. All mm -hmm. of the chairs for launch seem to be in the front. So do we need to scrape him off the back wall? <laughs> no. Once you're all, once you're whipping around uh, Earth and then the moon and you're slingshotted out towards Mars, you're, you're up and walking. You've got magnetic boots. Oh, okay, so we have means of transportation. You have means. There's, there's railings along the hallway, the hallways. There's railings on the ceiling in case you, you know, lose your touch with the floor and you're flying. Uh, it's well designed for moving yourself around the ship in the, while you're in flight. I'm going to let everybody get comfortable and then uh, after that I'll hand over uh, control to uh, Barry uh, while I get out of my suit. Easy enough. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, Mr. Nestle, you did receive a notification, uh, a little video has come, and it says, for entertainment purposes, you feel free to show to the rest of, staff, of, the, rest of the crew. Where is it from? It's, it's from the home office of, of the, the Quan Canyon Corporation. What, uh, hey crew, it looks like we've got uh, something that might tell us a little bit of what's going on from home base. Uh, you have a few? Yeah. Let's screen it. Sure. Right. It, it pops up and it's got the usual, like, Quan, Quan Canyon Corporation. And it shows, like, uh, in conjunction with Quantum PLC of London. 
And you see a picture of these th three, the pods, essentially, the things you've been told about, these things you're being, you're dropping to, onto North Pole. And it says, it shows you a video of how, what's going to happen. So these pods will be dropped onto the North Pole into the polar region where there's ice and snow. It shows them, you know, heating up, going through the atmosphere, uh, parachute opening up, and then the parachute being dropped off and some retro jets slowing it down before it reaches uh, the ground. They're going to embed them. So the retro jets will shut off at uh, 100 feet or 100 meters, rather. The objects will embed themselves into the snow. And then it shows a cutaway view of the snow. And there's someone talking for it the whole time, explaining the importance of terraforming Mars because the population on Earth, they, they need more space and all that. And so far, there's only 2 million people living on Mars. And they want to triple that and quadruple that and go turn it into a full planet full of people. And then they, all the time that they're talking, they show the video where the things open up. And when they open up, they, uh, you see this pod just crack open and this black liquid comes out of the pods and spreads throughout the, this ice-filled sand, the ice-filled soil of Mars. And it eats, the, it eats the water and it produces oxygen and it, it, plants start growing. It, it's essentially just a, a promotional video to show how they're going to do this wonderful thing and terraform Mars by dropping these pods. And you are the, the first ones to do this because it is, uh, it's, it's brand new, brand new technology they're trying out. And says, thank you very much, Juan Qualcomm, or not Qualcomm, uh, well, Qualcomm PLC. Well, once again, Star Trek predicts the future. Remember there was that whole thing about Project Genesis where they terraform planets by dropping bombs on them that, uh, uh, how many is that like? Like 4,000 things that Star Trek got right so far? I don't know. I never got into any of that sci-fi fantasy stuff. So the black stuff that spilled out of the pods, it looked uh, organic? It did look organic, yes. And it was, it seemed to be consuming the water and then growing because of it? It seemed to be consuming the water off-gassing happy little blue circles of oxygen that was all animation and uh, uh, then plants would grow above the, the soil level and they would be drawing in the carbon dioxide and producing more oxygen it showed like the circle of yeah I can't remember a while yeah. it's been a long time since I was in school <laughs> I wonder what then happens to black goo well, the cartoon actually, cartoon, the animation showed the black goo disappearing into the soil. Mm. I'm, uh, I see, you know, Doc, I think it's uh, our physicist, Doc. Franz, uh, <laughs> may I call you Franz? Please. Um, I, saw, I saw an old uh, hollow about this a um, long time ago, though, and they were just talking about dropping algae bombs, which would grow and produce oxygen. So maybe that's all that, that we're talking about here is algae bombs. Yeah, maybe they've got some, you know, genetically re-jiggered super fast process. I wonder if it has anything to do with the same stuff that's in our engines. Well, that's, it seems like it would not be just a coincidence. Of course, this stuff, you know, doesn't seem, if it's self-generating, you wouldn't want to drop that on a populated rock. Well, if it's just plants, it's just plants. 
And if they disappear into the soil, maybe they just keep going down until they are not relevant. I'm sure the corporation knows exactly what they're doing. And I, as I say that, I look at the various recording devices that are in the cabin. I'm, I'm going to go into the mess hall and get one of those other wonders of algae, uh, some soil and green, and eat it. Ooh. Mm. I'm stackish. Peepily. Here, everybody has some soil and green. <laughs> That's what we call it. It's not really people. <laughs> it's algae. Everything's algae. Well, it solved the uh, solved the world hunger problem for sure. People, people, um, people, pemmican. Yeah, <laughs> that was twenty years ago. That's what they did with all the politicians. Good old people, pemmican. Ah, uh, so who wants to play this game? This ship just flies itself, right, guys? It does essentially. The ship always flies itself. It's true. And we help it. I'm just oh, waiting for I'm just waiting for one of you to get sick. <laughs> You're the all joke, Doc, is that nobody's been sick in the last fifteen years anywhere. Oh, Cal, I didn't show you and I pull my shirt down and I got the Audi five circle tattoo on my chest. I Dude. got that left. Y'all, I consider that a betrayal of trust. I well, we talked about it last time when we were sipping on the WD forty. I thought you you didn't do it. Speaking of which, what 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 Doc Doc Brown? What did you bring with you? Did you bring any WD forty? No, I brought bourbon. Which kind? The medicinal kind. Yeah. Good for colds. Did you bring in the Angel's Envy? That's delicious. I brought Caesarean Panther Sweat. Oh, okay. Well, that works. I'm really curious about this drive. I wonder if we can... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go... I'm, I'm going to go look at the monitors that allow us to look into the drive area and see what I can see. I am not the least bit interested in the drive. As long as it works, not my department. Well, I mean, that's just what my natural interest is. You want to come? Uh... Yeah, I'll come on. How about you, Dr. Franz? Are you interested at all in the... Uh... I'm curious to see what there is to see, absolutely. Yeah, I doubt there's anything. They don't want us to see, but we'll see. See what we can find. So when I get to that, when I get into the let's say engineering room one, is there any access that I can find to get a look at this stuff? You're give me the, the door that normally gave you access to the area is sealed in that it's it's usually a door you push a button and it slides open. Um, it's like welded shut. But it's, we can get into engineer room one, just not into engine, right? That's right. That's okay. right. The engine area, you, you formally could go in and actually access the engine. Because when you're going through space, you can turn it off if you want to. There's not right. 
accelerating. So the little triangular room, we can get into engineering room one. That's right. We yes. can't go past that. That's right. But there's lots of monitors and there actually is a porthole in the door so you can look in and see the engine church humming okay. away. Humming away. Can we see anything other than just metal and uh, piping? Completely different setup than what you're used to seeing. It's, you don't see any moving parts. You don't see anything except pipes and a big tube down the middle. And you see it, it, it does have shielding on the porthole now in that it's not clear glass any longer. It actually has like a polarized filter on it. And it says warning UV light on the inside, though you can't get in there. Hmm. Well, this is very anticlimactic. I wanted to see something crawling around there, bubbling or, 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 you know, they could have put clear tubes so that we could see the green goo. Going. Oh, there's clear tubes. Oh, there there's, are. Okay. There are some clear tubes. When you look closely, they're very small. You see water going in and another tube, you see some bluey green substance going in the occasional air bubble in it. Um, you do see a few little valves here and there venting steam. You assume. And then there's another uh, air filter type thing up top that you can see there's a, some kind of, it's drawing that steam back into the system so it's not losing anything. Hmm. That's the most crazy looking thing I've ever seen. Well, I am feeling a little bit sick, so I am going to self-medicate. As a doctor, I write myself a prescription. For uh, for 40 or bourbon? Bourbon. Oh, I'm not feeling well either. Can I have some of that medicine, Doc? Sure. We don't want to get the space crud getting around. I brought my non-degradable plastic cup, not made from polymers. Uh, you said earlier that you, we could watch the engines um, and see the difference in the way they behaved. Uh, is there a is there a visible emission? Like, is it is it a blue light? Is it does anything you know? What is the what is the appearance of thrust? You don't see flames. You don't see uh, what you're used to, which is a very tight, very fine blue emission. It's 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 like pure white. Mm. Very small, pure white, like a focused, not a flame so much as like a, a cone. Mm -hmm. Most curious. It does shimmer though, like occasionally it goes from white to yellow, yellow to blue, but that maintains a white cone most of the time. Cool. I guess we just sit back and enjoy ourselves. Yeah, apparently we're going to have something interesting to look at uh, toward the end of the trip. We're going to be passing near a comet on our way in. Really? Yeah, I don't have an exact ETA, but uh, I just got word about that. Oh, that's cool. That might be, yeah, that might provide us uh, sort of a climactic. Do you have a name for this comet? I don't think they said. Okay. Um, Unnamed. Yeah, I don't think anybody's seen it up close yet. Cool. Maybe we can name it after the faunus. It'd be nice to have a permanent uh, or semi-permanent monument 
to the old ship. Oh. All right. Well, to move things forward, as Tom likes to say. <laughs> or is that what you say, Tom? Usually you say something else. Yeah, no, you can do that. Close enough. We'll move things forward a bit. Your day is just standard. You usually you start off when you're on your, your flights. You, you talk to your, the people you usually talk to. You hang out. Some of you go silent. As time goes on, you start to withdraw and you start just doing your job and sleeping a lot and waking up for your shifts and such. Um, three days in, whoever's been sleeping and their shifts, their sleep cycle wakes up. Wow, it's hot. Or sorry, cold, chilly. And um, nobody was really paying attention because it took over time. You do notice that it's, it's getting chilly. So you're all getting together for breakfast or lunch, depending on what shift you're on. And uh, you all, one by one, just start, yeah, I'm cold too. It's getting kind of cold. What the heck? Computer, computer what's the current temperature? The current temperature is 19 degrees Celsius. Oh, that's kind of low, isn't it? Would you like me to bump up the temperature? Yeah. Hmm. I can bump it all the way up to Fahrenheit. That's my future. <laughs> um, computer says, oh, I think I've identified an issue. It's not a major issue, guys. It looks like uh, the, those, those pod things, um, they've been drawn, the heat requirements to keep those at the temperatures that their systems are requiring this actually caused us to divert some heat. Uh, I, I'll just uh, redistribute heat and just draw a little more from the engines. Thanks, computer. Well, I've got just the thing to warm you up. Computer. Yes. Can you uh, clarify the nature of the uh, pods and the heat and what's why, why uh, energy's been diverted to their environment, environmental uh, situation as opposed to ours? <laughs> The, the pod itself, the actual uh, storage pod that they are in, probably should find a new word for that instead of pod. Computers <laughs> laugh a lot, dumb jokes. The pod that the pods are in uh, has a self-programming that over time as it approaches the destination it is going to slowly increase the temperature. I was unaware of this at the time. Mm. Hmm, it seems the programming was uploaded to us last night. Hmm. Computer, do you have any uh, records available to you about uh, any of the unmanned flights that this uh, drive uh, was used on? Oh, give me a second. Yes, I have lots of them. What would you like to see? I'm curious about uh, temperature anom anomalies that might have happened on the unmanned flights that wouldn't be noticed. Hmm. Would you like to watch videos or would you like just, or would you just like the data? Data is fine, thank you. Do, 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 do. Uh, pops uh, an Excel spreadsheet. Well, whatever is used in 2080. It, it shows you that uh, the internal temperature of the ships maintained constant temperature throughout all flights, except for two uh, flights 117B and 117F. And they actually, uh, the temperature expected over the period of the flight towards the end of the flight, the temperature drastic spike in temperature. And there's a little asterisk near the bottom that says ship exploded. Ship exploded. Well, that's, yeah, the computer goes, that appears to be, that's why the, 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 there's a drastic increase in temperature. It's because the ship exploded. Uh, so, uh, those were, those were a fairly long numbers uh, of unmanned flight 
So what percentage of unmanned flights using this drive exploded? 5%. Were those tests at the very beginning or were they scattered throughout? Most of the beginning, it appears that uh, of the 5%, 75% were in the first 25% and the, the remainder in the last 25%. So this super safe technology that we've been given gentlemen uh, occasionally blows up. Mm -hmm, not surprised. I'm gonna look at the data more closely and see if I can recognize any patterns that uh, would indicate something. Comparison to our old ion drive. How does it what, sorry? How does the failure rate on the new drive uh, match to our ion drive? If you say it's a 5% catastrophic uh, failure rate, how does it match to our old ion drive? The old ion drive had a much higher catastrophe rate, as you call it, during its initial experimental stages, but uh, it has a much better there haven't been any commercial explosions of ion drives in the last 25 years. Yeah, but according to the Monton survey, the, uh, the ion drive disasters were all caused because it ceased to function and the, the ships were just lost. They didn't blow up. This, this you're saying some of these ships blew up. I don't like that at all. If you want to look at the data more, you can. Uh, do you want to do, well, data roll, you don't have any role for it, it would be analyzing right. data. But if you want to just do a knowledge roll, I can tell you how long it'll take you to analyze the data. Uh. Now, is there a way to eject the engines in case of uh, catastrophe? Are you asking the computer? Yeah, well, I'm, uh, Wolf and the computer, Cal. Just talking technical. I don't know. Specs. Apparently, they've welded the doors closed, so we don't know if there's an ejection system or not. Computer, is there an ejection system? All nacelles have the ability to be removed from the ship uh, during the, when there's a situation that you need to do so. However, you would need permission from the guys back at the home office. Or right. Uh, Sean, I got a hard but not extreme success. Okay, you're, you're able to read through the data very quickly, just looking at it. It's, it's very well organized. And you can see that most of the explosions, the 5% that exploded, were during phases when people were really trying to push it to its limits. They were, mm. they were actually amping up the speed. They were trying to do, do some extremely tight maneuverability around uh, objects in space. It wasn't that the ships, the engines just exploded out of the blue. They were actually being really hard driven. Oh, so it was part of the experimental phase. Right. So, yeah, uh, everybody, you know, general calm. Uh, I think that the alarming information that we received uh, is not of a, of not, not a real concern. I think that this, we're running on spec that should be well oh. within acceptable risk. Yes. Uh, computer, I'd like to ask though. Um, if you're already heating up the pods on programming that just came in in advance of them being dropped, how warm are they gonna to need to be before we jettison them on Mars? Let me look at the programming. Thank mm -hmm. you. It looks at the programming quickly, comes back and says, 
actually, he's, it says, it's a continuous increase in temperature to the pods until they reach a temperature of 37.5 degrees Celsius uh, by the time we reach Mars proper. That's body temperature. Yeah, that's human body temperature. That's icky. Um, hey, Cap. But that should interfere with our temperature any further, correct? You're on it now? That's correct. Thank We're you. on it now. Capital. So the pods are self-contained, uh, even with the increase in temperature at this time. Yes, yeah. do you want to see a video? Yes, I do. Uh. Up on the screen pops a video of the pods in the bay. You see three circular, they look almost like bombs without the fins, old-fashioned bombs without the fins. And uh, they're quite tall, they're about six feet tall each, uh, about four feet wide. And uh, they're black and shiny, but you can see seams where there's openings that will open. And parachutes will come out, thrusters will pop out to slow the, slow the progress, as you've seen in the video. And they're standing on circular objects within circular objects. You assume those are something that will help guide it through the, when they're dropped, just as they go down towards the ground. Nothing ominous about them apart from the fact that they're flat black. I don't know. I think we're overthinking. This is just a standard admission. I just, just want to deliver this stuff and then get back home and get my commission. As long I'm as with you this is just another routine drop, drop something and get home. And we'll be home within a month, which is awesome. With an extra two, two grand each, which is also awesome. Yeah. Considering that a grand nowadays is worth a whole hell of a lot more than it was in 2020. It's a month's wages. It's quite a bonus. Those are... Those are... Mexican-Canadian dollars, right? They're not that old-fashioned United States currency any longer. Yeah, you know, that old stuff that was based on nothing. Yeah. I thought they were intercorporate units. Oh, that's right. They're euro. You're the. Euro. I'm sorry. Yeah. Euro dollars. Yeah. Well, yeah, thankfully, a... uh, money's been a lot more stable since we shifted to the cocaine standard. Hey, anybody remember the dollar pound and the fiasco with that? They switched to the Amero after that. Yeah. Yeah, but that all ended with the uh, the Mexican-American nuclear war. Yeah, something like yeah. that, yeah. I remember reading about the pound. Can you believe that, that Britain used to be inhabited? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I've seen the videos. Like, why, would any, why would anyone want to live there? It's just... Well, it's a prison island, isn't it now? It is now, but it's I mean the original the original inhabitants they were part of the uh, um, of the European Union, but then they left and end up sort of eating each other or something. What what was that thing? What was it called? Biscuit or Blixen or it was similar to that fiasco with that gigantic wall. Yeah, yeah. Like, so they 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 decided like for some uh, basic basically like, it was it was to do with the internet. But they, they they got infected with conspiracy theories. They they left the European Union and then they ate each other. 
Well, Carpathian, that, that, that was pretty that much it. With a big butt. I mean, there's Scotland, but there you go. They, they detached that from the British Isles, like, what was that, 70 years ago? So, I mean, that's up near Norway now, but that used to be part of the British Isles. That was around the time they made the wall, and then the wall became a cage, and, and finally they just encapsulated North America into... Oh, uh, I, yeah, I remember, I remember reading about that, they, that, when the Canadians and the Mexicans built that wall to keep the other ones in. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they sound like dangerous people. I think they called that a pod, too. Yeah. History's you're, weird. You're on mute. Sean, I'm, I'm, glad that, I'm glad that we've all progressed since then. So, trying to push you on a little bit. Okay. Day six. Three days on. No changes in temperature. Cal, Pius, Barry, Nestle, or Franz, rather, Dr. Nestle. Y'all go for breakfast one morning because you're, you're on the shifts. So you're like, you're... And you all look like hell. You're tired. Mm. You don't look like you slept well. Y'all, it must be a southern computer. Oh, sorry. (laughs) One by one, it comes about that you had a crappy sleep because you had nightmares. Y'all had nightmares. Like little, like voices. You kept hearing voices in your heads and it just waking you up. It's, it, Space sickness came about in your conversations, but uh, you don't really know what it is. It's just, you know, it's funny that you all had the same problem at once. Yeah. I haven't had nightmares like this since, since like, geez, 20 years ago on those risky flights. Well, I've been married four times. Nightmares are nothing. How are you uh, supplied with sedatives, Dr. Brown? Oh, I'm assuming I've got a full range of things. Even though there's no medical bay in here, I'm assuming that my room is like packed full of whatever antibiotics. Definitely, yeah. there's going to have to be sedatives. Um, you know, that kind of thing. I, I, I wouldn't suggest we do major surgery here, but I mean, yeah, I should yeah, be able I'm to handle that. anything up to that. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't mind a minor stimulant now and at the end of my shift, something that might smooth this out. Do you remember any of your dreams, guys? Yeah. Mine were pretty abstract feeling, but you know, I kept I kept starting awake. And then it, it was not easy to fall asleep again. Did, did you have red flashes? There were red flashes, I recall. I don't know if I saw color, but there was static. You know, there was something yeah, flashy. Well, you know, I'm not positive here, but it might not hurt for us to do uh, a little physical on everybody, make sure we're not transferring uh, the space crud around or something. Yeah. Also, computer, is there any, do, do you have any data about a correlation between sleep disturbance and acceleration? Hmm. Subjects. Well. We have lots of information on what used to be called space sickness, gravity sickness, uh, effects on the human body. But you, all of you are extremely experienced pilots, and pilots and engineers and uh, ships workers. I can't imagine that it's something that would affect you now. 
even you, Dr. Nestle, have been on many ships. Um, the computer, the lateral sensors, do you sense any kind of radiation? Hmm, let me look. No. no, nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. Computer, could it have something to do with the new UV lights? I mean, they're supposed to be only on the engine, but... We're protected. Yeah, we should be protected. Well, would you like me to do a, a, a scan of, the, of the, the entire ship? Yes, please. please. Wouldn't Done. we all have sunburns if the UV light was getting to us? I'm Might take that. Um, no, I'd like to run um, a diagnostic. I love running diagnostics. What would you like to diagnose? Um, I would like uh, a sit rep on the propulsion system and the life support systems and any fluctuations thereof, please. Hmm. Interesting information. I see no change in the level of propulsion from the time we have left. I see no modifications to the life support systems, longevity or effectiveness. Um, give me a readout on the uh, internal temperature for the last 24 hours. I've been maintaining it at a, at a constant temperature. I've maintained How often have you had to correct the internal temperature in the last 24 hours? We did have another correction uh, on the temperature within the sample pods. Uh, not sample pod, the pods. Uh, and because of that, I had to modify and redistribute heat, but uh, that was six hours ago. Um, are the pods uh, using any power from the ship? Yes, they are connected to ship's power. I see. And has there been any fluctuation in levels of power they're consuming? Mm, no, nothing, nothing new, nothing out of the ordinary. Has there been any changes in atmospheric pressure inside the ship or uh, oxygen levels or nitrogen levels for that matter? No, none of that. However, I will note that there has been an increase in humidity. Now, increase in humidity. Are we sharing the same? Can you seal the air, the pod doors, the bay doors, so we're not recycling the same air that is in the pod bay, but the, the bays? The pod bay, uh, let me look. <laughs> Thank Why you very not? much for pointing that out. There is a leak. <clears throat> it has been sealed. Get on that. Um, Cal, why don't we... Uh, just do some uh, maintenance over there and check. Yeah. I think possibly as a precaution, um, if there is uh, some sort of contamination of the air, it might not be a bad idea if everyone's suited up again. I think that's very reasonable. Computer, could you also uh, do a, a spectrographic analysis of what we're breathing right now to see if there's any Particular. contamination other than humidity? Yeah. I see only humidity increases. I, hmm, and it's interesting. There's a biological component to the humidity. Mm -mm. What kind of biological component? component? Pardon? You're both, both speaking at once. Identify biological component. Hmm, organics, carbon, 
off gassing of organics. Cal, no, do, you no think, um, Cal do you think we can kick the air scrubbers into overdrive and yeah, maybe that's vent out the the passenger compartments? Yeah, what percentage is the are the air scrubbers working right now? They're functioning at one hundred percent. If you suit up, I can vent the entire ship if you like and refill. Where would can we reroute reroute it so it doesn't fill from any of the cargo bays? Or can we, oh yes, can we actually yeah. um, completely vent out the cargo bays and seal them uh, at least from the vents? So that air will no longer mix with the, uh, you know, the area for the for the humans. Um, what you, what this is outside of talking to the computer. What you know is that the actual cargo bay where these individual storage pods and such are loaded is supposed to be separate from your air. Right. Okay. Well, let's do. I, I think I think you two need to go down there and and find out exactly why there's been a leak. Yes, and let's do a let's do a reverse pressure uh, uh, purge of the existing oxygen and re replenish with. Uh, well, Cal, do you think we should investigate it first, just in case, if we purge everything and then they refill it, it might vent it even stronger into the to us until we find out where the actual leak is. Well, let's let's go check for a leak. Yeah, before I would do that, I would like to do that before we vented it all out. A little right. bit of contaminant. Yeah, up anyway. Hmm? I'm sorry. I think we should all suit up in the process. Yes, yes. I, I agree. agree. Uh, computer, oh. you said that the leak had been contained now or stopped. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. It was a and actually it was a line that had gone through into the cargo bay that was newly installed, a water line. It appears it wasn't properly sealed around the I have foam sealed that. Do you I know would, how long the leak uh, was in active before you foam sealed it? Let me look at video logs. It appears that it broke last night. <laughs> let's, uh, uh, come on, Pius, let's go check. Um, yeah. We're check I, it. Still, I still want to get a hands-on on this. I don't want, you know, double, triple check everything, even though the computer said it's all right. So I'm, I would, oh, go ahead. I, I would like to try a couple of skills here. First of all, I want to see if I can isolate the biological component and see if it's per se like a fungus. And then after that, I want to use pharmacy to determine what broadband spectrum antibiotic would be best to pump the crew full up. Okay. That's uh, something you can do on the ship. You can actually uh, culture, but it will take uh, a few hours to do the culture. So you can right. take an air sample, uh, put it across some plates, just like there's nothing newer and let it grow. And then you can identify the, the growth and then you can identify. So yes, it, you can do it. It'll take you about six hours though. Okay. Let's do it then. Okay. Now, I can roll if you need me to roll. Yes, please do. No, Computer. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Computer. Uh, the origin of the of the water line is that connected to our cargo or to our engines in any way? Yes. Both. Both. I on I assume that the biology roll comes first. And so I rolled a 40 out of 60. Okay. Let me see enough. 
Computer, um, could you run uh, a scan on the contents of the uh, water storage tank, please? Yes, of course. What would you like to know? Um, I want to know if it's been contaminated in any way. Hmm. I have ultraviolet light uh, cleansing and filtration systems in place. Uh, they're working optimally and I see nothing in our testing to date to show any issues I tested last two hours ago. Could you our water tank should be separate now. from the other. The supply tank is the supply tank. It, it's actually quite large. It's larger than it used to be, you will note when you look at the map. And uh, the water actually does split off in the water. In a, it's, it's a one-way valve system supplying water to the engines. Okay. Dr. Brown, uh, while you're waiting for your uh, culture to develop, I wonder, I wonder if you think it would be useful to take a blood test from any of us who had symptoms. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm doing a, I already said that I'm doing like basic first aid on everybody to right. get cultures, blood cultures, you know, various chemical histamine levels, because the histamine levels, I think, is probably more important than the blood culture, but we'll see what comes out of it. It's going to take some time, though. Great, thanks. Okay. So while that's happening, so who is going to look at the system? It is the engineers, yes. Yeah. Both of us. All right. Well, you suit up, you head down to the engineering area, sorry, the engineering area, the uh, cargo area. There is, are a series of doors, as I remember, map again. Yes. Cargo pods one, five, six, and two have their own doors. There's actually a door in between five and six that's not on the map there. It allows you access to three and four. Okay. All right, the cargo is actually that door to the cargo bay is actually locked and sealed. You can open it and enter the cargo bay if you wish. There's a, it's, it's negative pressure, but you're suited up. Um, now, when I, look at, when I look at these square sort of rooms, do I understand that you would step into that room and then there would be uh, the pod in the middle? Uh, each of those squares, the ones that are numbered one, five, one through six, each of those are cargo Rooms. Pod. Rooms. Okay. They've been loaded onto the ship. They're removable. So and each the, of those, yeah. And the stuff that we're going to drop is in three and four, did you say? Uh, let me go back and look at the list here. Uh, one to two is supplies for the Mars station. Three are the pods that are being dropped onto the North Pole of Mars. And five and six have been repurposed as uh, actually rooms for the car passengers for the flight back. Right. And how about four? Job. Apparently, the floor is empty. That, you just noticed something that you, it doesn't make sense to you. Yeah, why is four empty? It's not in the manifest as being in place. But it is in place? It is there. You know, what are, are you guys on com? Sure. Uh, so you you say we've got a potentially one pot extra. Yeah, it's 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 it it's possibly just incompetence at the dock. Back do on. we have cameras inside pods? We do. Yes. Yeah. And it and it sh and it screens as empty. 
it's empty. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I don't like that. And well, it's just an empty pod. Um, Go inside it. And make sure it's empty. Well, I can I, I can open the door and just look inside. There's nothing. That's what I'm saying. Open the door, look inside. Don't base it on the camera. Look. Why? Because there could be bacteria, mold growing on the inside of the container. Then why would I want to open the door? Because we have to see it, and the camera's not going to pick it up. What What if there's a hungry ghost pirate living in there? What What about the since it's not on the manifest, we're not carrying it, we don't want it, well, it would just drop it right here and let it float away into the void. Well, there it is. Each pod has a window, so you, just so you know, they actually have a plexiglass window so you can see inside. With well, I'll look inside. It's empty. Yeah, it's, it's empty. I don't see any, any dirt or growth. They, they clean these pretty well, you know. Computer. Uh, while I'm there, I'm going to look in three also through the window. Yes, uh, computer, can you just run an analysis on uh, pod four? Tell me the contents. Hmm, it's empty. Just making sure. Thank you, computer. When you say empty, do you mean there's a vacuum inside or it shares the same air density of the rest of the storage bay? Same as the rest of the storage bay. It's just another room. One that could be disattached, uh, uh, taken out of the ship. It is the property of the Quan, Con, Quan, Quan Canyon Corporation. Yeah. I, uh, as an aside, I like the idea that we're putting uh, human passengers in pods that can be detached at will. That's if they're really annoying. It's common practice um, that you could, uh, because they are connected to the rest of the ship through the doorways, but uh, it is common practice to create rooms because they can. you could actually transfer and have transferred people from the ship, sorry, from a station to a ship, and then back to another station without them ever entering the ship. Just yeah, curious, just curious. One of these five and six that, or the whole passengers, how many passengers can they hold? Uh, a, you could, a couple of people that sleep into those. So, okay, so you're looking at, we're gonna be picking up like four passengers. Oh, the manifest actually does say four, yes. Okay. okay. So I don't, do we see any evidence of any kind of leak or breach in, uh, in uh, pod three? Nothing whatsoever. Because uh, I was just, I'm just concerned if, you know, if this is a biological agent, which is algae, and then there's other biological algae agents, I'm really curious to see if there's any algae in our water. Um, that should be, that should be taken care of by the, by the ultraviolet lights killing anything that's in there, but. Here we go. Let's see how sophisticated our computer is. What is the origin of the biological matter in the air? Is it coming from a pod? Hmm. I can't really see where it's coming from. Yeah. I think sensors work like that. Also, I would think that since we're, we've been outside of suits for the last six days or so, we've generated lots of biological matter. That's true. That's absolutely true. I should be able to filter that, though. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, you know, even if there is foreign bodies in the air, it's not like there's not foreign bodies in the air everywhere for us. Um, but we can do a, we can do a, 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 an atmosphere purge and, and, you know, 
vent vent a, a, a vent this out into space and then just replace it. Our uh, uh, I don't know what they're called. Uh, the kind of using well out of the game. The kind that use in submarines that use electricity to make air. Out. Would, would would that work though? If you purge our system and then you replenish the oxygen, isn't the oxygen coming from the same place it's coming from right now? Dude, that no, was my concern. The oxygen's oh. being made by water. Being They're actually splitting water. hydrogen and oxygen apart. Yeah. Supply new. And then the hydrogen is put is is combined back into water. But the water was where the contaminant was originally. Yeah, except that it's not it's not that same kind of process. We're talking about tearing it apart on the on the atomic level and making it into oxygen. The question there would be whether or not when we replaced the oxygen, we had enough bacterial film to still live. But, you know, vacuum for a few minutes will take care of a lot of stuff. Hey, Cap, are we there yet? Far from it. Well, you're not quite halfway. Well, the computer jumps in. He goes, hey, guys, look, I got an idea. I'll vent. As, you see, as we discussed, we can vent. I can bump up the... Uh, ultraviolet light within the water tanks. Uh, you can you verified that the seal has been made correctly for the pod cargo area, and uh, you can leave your suits on, and I'll test the air again. Can you could you also do like a uh, if we put our if our, we put our visor shields down? Can you do an ultraviolet purge? Maybe a twenty minute uh, twenty minute burn through the whole ship to kill anything that's uh, floating around in the uh, on the walls and. I don't have that kind of uh, setup throughout the entire ship, but the cargo bay area does have ultraviolet light to uh, purge any talk, anything that we might bring onto the mm -hmm. ship, of course. All right. Well, do what you can. All right. Purge is the air in the ship. Suggest everybody puts, everybody's got their suit on, walk through the little area in the cargo area, shines ultraviolet light, lift your arms, all that. Decon decontaminates you, cleans the air. Air is good. Comes back good. The uh, Thophelius Brown tests uh, six hours later, you, you get the results of your plating. It's bacteria. It seems to be human. Like it's, it's human sourced. It's a whole bunch of different bacteria, but it doesn't seem to be anything foreign or bizarre. It's just a lot of human based bacteria. So do I have the, do I have the pharmacy capable of taking care of it? Uh, you do have a whole slate of antibiotics available to you. Yes jack everybody up on the appropriate uh, bar, uh, antibiotic. All right. Easy enough. Everybody is, is antibiotic. You got your shots. And uh, the day progresses. You move and pushing it ahead a little bit. Nothing significant happens for a few days. You, you're moving along. You do occasionally have nightmares. You still occasionally have voices. Um, like while you're sleeping and stuff, but it, it becomes commonplace. It, you just think it's, it's got to be the drives. It's got to be the, the sound of the drives, that humming noise, perhaps. Yeah. And it, it, you're getting closer and closer. Day 14 approaches, and the indicator lights go on the screen, and a message comes into Dr. Nestle saying the comet is approaching. You get your orders. Your orders are to close approach. The pilots are asked to close approach to the comet, and within kilometer and you are to send out a probe and collect a sample from the comet 
Uh, what kind of probe is that? You actually do have small, self-sufficient, uh, it's like an EVA suit without a person in it. Space yeah. drones. Little drones, guys, yeah. Space drones, yeah, space drones. And you can send it over and uh, you can close approach to the comet because it's a quite maneuverable ship. And as your ship approaches this comet, it is the strangest thing you've ever seen. It's iridescent. It's like a snowball covered in gemstones. Iridescent wow. rocks. What kind, what kind of size are we talking? It's fairly large. It's, it's like about 500 meters across. Well, not fairly large. It's 500 meters across. 500 Have you yards. ever seen the like? I've never uh, seen anything like this before. And wow. has a long tail? Does it have much of a tail? No, no, no significant tail that you can see because you're so far from the sun right now. Right. Um, it, it, but uh, it, the computer says, wow, look at those rocks. Those are quite some minerals. So can it's not outgassing yet? No. Do we pick up any kind of organic matter? You don't see anything organic, but uh, the computer says, I've done a scan, fellas. There's quite a bit of energy coming off of this. Nothing dangerous, nothing that we're worried about putting in our ship, but wow. There is a lot of energy coming, a lot of, hmm, interesting. That's all Radi I can say. Radiation? Yes. Any, any dangerous what? forms of radiation that we should avoid? It doesn't appear so. Certainly more than I've ever noticed in any uh, comets or asteroids that we've passed in the, in the last uh, few years. But uh, nothing unheard of. It's just very strange. I mean, it's, it's just, certainly the mineral composition of this comet is quite different. And it... Uh, it glows in the visual spectrum. Yes. Well, light reflects off of it in, the, in an iridescent way. Okay. Like so it's not necessarily giving off light. It's just shimmering. Yes, in, that's correct. And dim starlight. Uh, and is there a heat signature? No. Ice cold. Captain, I think we found ourselves a source of dilithium crystals. <laughs> hey, let's go rate it. Sell so, it on the black market and make a mint. So, is, there, is there any way to take a sample from, with our probe? Yes, that's what the probe is to do. It's to collect okay. a sample and bring it to pod four. That's your instructions. So it seems like they didn't tell us that they were putting pod four on, but they put it there so that they could carry this home. Yeah, put some it's stuff. It's like they didn't tell us a lot. Out of curiosity, um, the radiation that's coming off of it, is it safe for humans? Computer does, does says, well, let's just say you wouldn't want it in your sleeping quarters, but the, I, I have control over the pods and we can certainly prevent it from spreading beyond the cargo bay area. Guys, so, not my department, but should you not check the algae thingy levels? Because radiation often has an effect on life forms. Right, and it could be affecting it. We should be fairly well shielded, though, from anything like that. But, yeah, let's make sure it doesn't affect the uh, – because it's right next to the, the cargo that we're dropping on, this, on the North Pole. We're also going real fast, uh, and I would hate to have our engines get sick if the algae doesn't like this glowing space rock. Mm -hmm. Close enough to Mars, though, that if we had a problem, they could send out a – Rescue yeah, ship. but, but we're right. going faster than the rescue ships are. That's and we wouldn't true. have steering if we had no engines. 
Computer, can you do an analysis on the radiation outputs of the comet as opposed to the shielding in the cargo bay area? Yes, it's been pro actually the systems have been set and reinforced uh, during the during the the dry dock phase, and uh, it's it, no the radiation will not spread beyond the cargo bay area. Yeah, correct. But will it penetrate the other cargo bays? Will it be self-contained in its own, you know, its for its own container, or will it spread throughout the entire cargo bay area? Let me check. Thus affecting the, you know, the other uh, pods. No, it should be negligible. It would be the effect of, let's say, an old-fashioned x-ray. Mm. Okay. Well, Cal. Um, yeah, the company wants it. 2000 bucks. Sounds good to me. All right. Um, and it's kind of pretty. Yeah, I'm curious about getting a, a closer look at this unusual... What size chunk uh, is our probe designed to take? It can take a pro a piece, no larger than like, like that. Yeah, like a relatively small piece. Right. Like. So the probe size. Yeah. So the probe heads out. Probe collects a sample. Probe flies back to the rear of the ship where the cargo area is, and there are separate cargo doors at the rear that allow it to go directly into. Pod three or four, rather. <laughs> Pod four, sample cart, and the actual the, the actual probe itself will stay with the sample as it's been in contact with it. It goes into yeah. the pod, the, it locks itself in place, and you're ready to proceed. Is there any way we can get a sliver that uh, uh, Doctor Nestle can like have a look at? I don't think we'd want to bring it into the. Well, that's why I said. So. I agree. Well, let's let's keep it. Let's keep to the plan and keep it secured for now. I mean, I I can suit up and go to the cargo bay for a closer look. Uh, but I wouldn't even want to bring the suit back out of the cargo bay. I think it's wise if we just stick to the plan, as it were, and mm. I'm sure we can work up something where uh, Doctor Nestle can uh, have a uh, have a look yeah. at it afterwards. And the corporation's going to have this chunk, so. Yeah, but we're not going to get another chance. It's been 15 days with nothing to do. That Call of Cthulhu game sucked. I've been trying to get Barry to play Go with me for the last six years off and on. I just won't do it. That's because it's the most boring game on the planet. I just right I up there about with Go. I don't understand the things about the eyes. Yeah. All right. If you just sit down with me, I could show you. All right. Engines are firing back up by the way. The computer says, okay, guys, ready to move on. Take your pictures. Let's go. All right. I'm maneuvering the ship out of out of, I, out I of pull, the uh, comet's wake back onto course. I pull out my iPhone 17 and take some pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Holographic ones, of course. All right. Are you actually going to Go in. It's going to be on your ship until you get back to Earth. That's. Uh, there's no airlock between the storage bay and the rest of the ship. Well, there is really. There is. There is. Okay. So if I can, if if we have sufficient resources, that there are spare suits, and I can 
get sprayed down in between, then I'm, I'll totally suit up and go and inspect that thing. All right, easy enough. You get in there. It's an it's an iridescent block of a crystalline mineral. You take a few tools with you. You can actually chip off a piece of it. It's not it's not that hard of a mineral. It, it flakes quite easily. And does it make any sense on the elemental table, the periodic table? Um, you'd have to have the computer scan it, but yes, it's it's a, it's a combination of pure silica and another mineral too. It's an alloy of sorts. It's, it's almost like an alloy constructed as a through igneous rock in projection. Yeah, yeah it's, so it's, it's pretty interesting stuff. Yeah, it's it's something the computer says. My prediction would be that something crashed into a planet covered with these minerals, and it they went into space and formed a comet and blah blah blah. So. It's how does it how does it look under the light that's you know the, the artificial light in the bay it's it's again very iridescent it doesn't move or anything like that but as you move it you can see all the different colors and such it's quite quite beautiful and what are we talking about on the geiger counter it's it's again it's 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 radioactive but only in the sense of you wouldn't want to sleep with it like the computer said but it's certainly uh being around it isn't any more than having an x-ray so not su su super dangerous, but like like radium, mm -hmm. like radium. Yeah. So over the calm guys, uh, the stuff's pretty neat. Uh, we've got a pretty good chunk. I could try to stash a few chips in uh, an unused part of the storage bay if you guys want a souvenir. It's radioactive though. It might be dumb. Anybody? No, I think we'd better just keep it where it is. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. You know, you, it's really pretty. Yeah. And I know what they're going to call it, audium. <laughs> yeah, you probably that one. They're I mean, calling it audium. I don't want to dwell on this, but if you start bringing radioactive material into the uh, the crew quarters of, of uh, my ship, I'm probably going to lose my ship. I assure you, uh, co-pilot Lando, I'm not going to, I'm not talking about it leaving the storage bay. Um, okay, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna scan it with the closest, you know, the coolest little my Pixel 19. Get all the data I can and and okay. leave it all and do suit. All right. Quite interesting. Not a mineral you've seen on Earth, or not a mineral composition you've seen on Earth. Uh, it's probably probably new. Probably something that hasn't been some combination of uh, mineral of elements that hasn't been named as a mineral before. I'm gonna talk to some family on Earth and see if it could be Nestleodium. Okay. <laughs> All right. I don't see any reason why you shouldn't take some samples for your own. You know, you're a, you're a scientist. Well, again, when we land, you know, we'll see if how things go. But I'm not going to bring it on the ship when we're still. So, the excitement over. You go about your business. You can see Mars now. It's a ball in the sky. You're heading towards it. I mean. You, you, everything's programmed. You, you're, you're spending the rest of your day gathering up waste, essentially things that you're going to food stuff that's going to ditch at the space station and all that. Uh, I'm busy Instagramming the pictures I took of the comet and the pre stones. Of course, of course. You know, you're all you're getting ready. You're going to spend like a little bit of time after you drop the pods and you go to the space station to hang out for a bit. Um, day we, in. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Have we felt any any difference in acceleration deceleration as we're other than slowing down for the comet and then speeding up again? No. 
I wonder how they're dampening the uh, the acceleration deceleration G forces. Some new new thing that we're not aware of. Yeah, that's. I mean, we were. That's uh, Dante told us that these engines could do that. He didn't describe how it's possible, and it, that is as big a problem for me as the second law of thermodynamics problem with this drive. Once we have completed this, I feel like it's going to start to enter the public domain, but they still have all the patents blacked out. But it's not, you know, there's, I have no theoretical basis for how this works. I'm going to tell you guys, this uh, piloting this thing, it does what it says, but it isn't perfect. I mean, there are just some times when you have to undercompensate and overcompensate at the same time just to make it get the results. It's still unrefined. It's, it's been interesting. I haven't flown anything like this before. Not like the, not like the simulations that uh, I went through. You learn a lot on the fly. 100% true. The simulations were best case scenario. They were absolutely smooth and you, you do notice there are some little differences in the way you fly. All right, you're packing your things to get, you're getting ready for the drop. You go to sleep. It's essentially nighttime. Um, pilot, co-pilot, who's taking the night shift for flying or for sitting at the controls? Um, I'll take the shift. I don't mind. After much protest, I'll let him have the shift. I haven't been sleeping very well. I am on. Yeah, I haven't been doing the best myself, but every other day I always get some kind of nightmares. All right, as you're, 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 everyone's essentially either having a rest or resting or relaxing, or if you're not sleeping, you're, you're thinking about it. Computer comes on, says, Copilot Lando, we have an issue. Uh, go ahead. Uh, please turn on the feed for Cargo Bay, Pod Bay, or Pod 4, or 3, please. Not four. Oh, it will do just that. Uh, you turn it on, and the, the actual camera is completely fogged up. You can't see anything. It says, we've got a water leak. It appears we have a water leak in the, in the cargo pod. It's supposed to be sorted. Um... I assume that I've got some way of um, calling up the engineers. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I, well, I will buzz the engineers and inform them uh, what? exactly what I've just been told. What? 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 We've, what? we've got a we've got a water leak in the cargo pod. It's uh, an immediate issue. I need you down there right away. Which which cargo? Spiking. Temperature spiking. I can't explain uh. it. I can't dampen the temperature. I'll suit up. Yeah, be careful. There's a temperature spike in there as well. It's I think we might have some sort of leak or something. Possibly we, the coolant, maybe. Sean, do we have like um, different types of suits for different environments, or is that like a fire suit? You have your flight suits, and you have EVA suits for going outside of the ship and coming around the other way. Now, do... Uh, one thing you do realize is uh, you can actually access the pods from outside of the ship as well. The oh. cargo pods. 
Um, and which pod did you say it was that's being affected? The pod containing the, the pods that you're going to be dropping. So three. Um, yes, three. Oh, shit. Um, all right, so I got my suit on as well. Should we suit up in EVA just in case we need to get out or one and one or let's let's see what we're dealing with right now. All right. Um, okay. You suit uh, up, you get down to the cargo bay, and you can see the, the, the actual through the doorway you can see the window on the cargo pod and it's completely fogged over. And as you watch, something hits the fog and slides down it. What the hell was that? Great boogly moogly. What the hell? You know, <sighs> Pius, these things are designed to to land in the ice at the top of the planet and be affected by the water. If they're getting access to water, they're going to start doing whatever they do. Do. Which might be grow. And if it's uncontrollable growth... Holy shit. Computer, ETA on job zone. Uh, Barry, uh, we might might have to consider dumping this pod. There's something growing in there. Something moving and hit the glass. I've lost all all sensors in the pod pod area. I can't see. This is strange. Did you... you did not shut anything off. I know you didn't. The computer's confused. It has no sensor abilities within the cargo bay. Can you use your um, suit cameras to uh, to give me an image of, of whatever it is you're looking at down there? Yeah, here, look. You can see through the, the glass, the, the plexiglass window. Um, I'm, I'm going to call the, uh, the captain. Yeah, I can't get the light to turn on in there. Sean, now where that thing hit the glass and slid down, did it take away some of the condensation? Can I go up and look look into it? It might yes, be bubbling. Can. Oh, you're going to go in the room? No, no, no. I'm going to go into the glass. There has a window. The, you're looking through the door to the cargo bay. You have right. to go into the cargo bay to see into the window of the individual cargo unit. There's a there's yeah. the pod with a window inside of a room with a window. We're looking yeah. into the room. Well, I put the EVA suit on, so mm-hmm. All right. okay. I'm going to go into the first room, but to look, well, I'm not going to go right up to it. I'm going to see if I can look in, go into the room and then look in. If I can't see, then I'll get closer to the glass. Is the power off in that room? No, power's on. Okay, so there is light. Emergency lighting. You go in and you can see through the window, there are the three objects. One of them is open at the top. The other one is opening. Can and I? Oh, sorry. Continue. I was going to say the one that is open, you can see that the contents are now on the floor and against the doorway to what you know to be cargo pod four. Now, can I get a visual link from my suit to um, the pilot? Yes. I, I'm just going to connect that. All right. and then, I'm, yeah. wake, I'm waking up. Oh, guys, yes. this better be good. What's going on? We've got a situation, sir. Um, there appears to be, well, it started as a leak in the, uh, the storage pod. Now it appears that we've got something actually growing in there. Um, in fact, it appears to be growing um, 
uh, in front of our eyes, as it were. Uh, Captain, right. pod, pod two is beginning to open now as well. All right, guys, get out of there. Seal off the cargo bay now. Aye, aye Captain. Who woke up the doctor? Oh, no, that's... Uh, <laughs> sorry, that's the... I'm thinking, have you, have, you got, um, have you got welding equipment down there? No, guys, that ain't going to work. I mean, we're engineers. If you, if you try to contain something that's growing like that, it's going to, by, by, by battening it down and tightening it up, it's just going to make the explosion all the worse. I think we need to jettison the pod. I agree. Let's do it right now. Right. Now, okay. Sean, before I come back into the main part of the ship, is there some sort of um, decontamination that I can do? You can, yes. It'll take a few minutes. All right, you step over there and I'll hold you down. I, I still want to, I don't feel like coming back in without doing a, at least a, an attempt at that. Okay, well, okay. we can't, we can't jettison anything until. That's right. You, but, I'm running up to the bridge and. You, you better get, you better get the Quan uh, uh, Canyon transportation on the line before we jettison this thing. Maybe they know a way to, to, to put it back together. Yeah, I think, uh, have, have klaxons gone off yet? Are those of us who are not on duty awake? Yes, yes. yes. There's, there's now some light, lights flashing in your rooms and some alarms. I definitely get up then. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think we have to call anybody. I think we have to dump this. It's hot. We've got an experimental drive and a valuable let's, ship. And let's ourselves. dump it and we'll face the consequences later. Yep. All right. You hit the Can dump button. Two things happen at once. Well, first, the engineer comes out of the airlock. Yeah, I was, gonna, I was just going to ask that. Yeah, well, after he's he back in, of course. You're holding onto his hand as he's... He comes in. The, you, you, you see sparks behind you, a flash of light, and you jettison the pod. The pod, this, this, the, the cargo unit with the pods in it, goes however there's a flash of light behind you as that happens and what you see because you look instinctively behind you is that the it has busted through the door into cargo pod cargo pod three where the drone was you mean so four. the object yes yeah, so it, sorry four right it made its way from three into four uh so the pod with the sort of the unit with the two other pods has, has made it's has been jettisoned the first has made it into the actual other cargo pod. <sighs> that too. What is going on? Jettison the whole works. I think it has to do with water. It, it, it's seeking out water, uh, which is probably what it was supposed to do. Yeah, let's set this to jettison. Jettison all pods, the whole works. Let's just get rid of it all. Computer, cut all water supply to pod bay area. Done. All right. Uh, prepare to jettison pod four. That's the one with the crystal thing in it. Ready to go. Uh, everything is secure. Let's jettison that. Nothing happens. Oh, crap. I'm sorry, guys. The ability to jettison that pod has been turned off. Uh, what? Jettison the pod. Jettison the pod. How? I can't do it, guys. <laughs> Um, is there a manual release? 
Yeah. yeah. Of course there is. Action, yes, but right? you'd have to be you'd have to be outside the ship to do that. Can you tell us at what point the ability to jettison was interrupted? Yes. Hmm. Did you, yes, it seems to be when uh, the last, uh, no, actually, it was actually during the first data upload. So this is programming? Yes. I'm not allowed to turn it off. I'm not allowed to affect the programming. Oh, great. Cal, suit up, Cal. I'm, I'm suiting up. All right. Okay, I think we're going to have to uh, reduce speed. I'm doing that right now. I mean, it doesn't right. matter in it terms of the because they're all at the same acceleration. You might want to look at this, guys. And the computer turns on a, the monitor without you even asking, and you see the camera from inside pod four, three, 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 four, four, the pod four. was four. Uh, you can see that the black object, it is now, here's where you all have to make a sanity roll. Oh, I got me a 99. I got an 86, as I predicted I would last night. You're dead. I made it at 40. I have a normal fail. 68, I made it. 51 out of 50. All right. Anyone who just failed, take a couple points of sanity there. Just one die for it. Anyone who failed miserably... Let's just explain what you see. You see inside a creature. Now, this isn't like something you expected, like a liquid or something like that, like chemical that was being dropped on the planet. This is actually a creature. This is like an eight-armed, six-foot-tall, black, with tiny little shimmering lights within it, creature that is rising up and enveloping the sample and the, the, the probe itself. And there are arms like with fingers this is something totally beyond anything you've ever seen before this doesn't make sense i mean aliens were proposed they don't exist but this looks alien to you the hell is going on here my ship what what do i roll for sanity six die six please i grab my weapon which is a bottle of bourbon scalpel um, that's not much of a weapon. Uh, I, uh, what do you have? <laughs> uh, I have a uh, jettison the fucking thing with the monster in it. Uh, I am, I am, my reaction since I, I did uh, a lot of some damage psychologically is I am extremely frantic. I am running to the airlock to go outside and jettison that fucking pod before the monster gets out and eats us all. Yep, I'm right on his heels. And I, right. I, I don't think it's an alien. I think that it's some biological thing that's gone haywire. All right. You, you, and did anyone actually try to send a message back to Quan Kenyon Corporation? I'm on that right now. Not my department. Uh, they, they have received your message. They're not responding. This is not a coincidence. Keep sending and on emergency. Full emergency. All right. Computer says to you, uh, who, who's going out the airlock? The engineers or one engineer or both? Both of you? Okay. Both. You guys are in the airlock. You're getting ready. Door shuts. Air vents. 
you're going out the bottom of the ship where you can get back over to the area where you can manually open a slide and crank open again. And we, we have whatever is necessary to. Yeah. You're doing that. Takes a few minutes. I mean, some space and stuff. So you're, you're on your way to do that. Uh, computer says, guys, I, I'm really sorry. I can't stop this. And then you hear, and it's the sound of the cargo doors opening to the cargo bay. Shit. Um, do we have any sort of um, lockdown procedure? You can lock the doors, yes. Right. I'm um, going to put the whole uh, ship into lockdown, seal the bulkheads, as it were. Ka-chunk, ka-chunk, you can hear the, the I don't bulkheads. have to say as it were. I'm actually a pilot, aren't I? Seal the bulkheads. <laughs> jing, jing. Oh, that's, that's controlling. Computer, what's going on back there? I'm sorry, guys. I can't control this. Hey, Cal, I think this is on a computer, a, are you? I mean, really. Is this on an autonomous program? Mm, this is programming I can't control. I'm sorry, guys. It I think is. this is a failsafe override if in case something happens just to, to, so whatever this is, information doesn't get out. The ship's actually turning. We don't know what's going on inside the ship. Oh, no. I, I thought it was on comms. Uh, you, you, there's a lot of talk going on. The computer's speaking to all of you. Um, engineers, you know, you know something's going on, but it's, it's in the background. It's not, they're not speaking to you. Uh, pilot, co-pilot, um, the ship is now diverted course. It's heading directly. You look at the numbers. It's heading uh, to, to actually burn up in the atmosphere on Mars. Do we have the escape L? pods? Pardon me? Do we have escape pods? Lifeboats, no. Who are you asking? On this itty bitty ship. I'm asking you, the, the GM, do we have escape pods? The pilot and you know that there is a single escape pod. That, that would fit two people? It would fit up to four. Oh, well, okay. So, um... Now, I assume that... Uh, first come, first served. If the, if, given that we're moving at a significant shift in direction should be felt. That's right, isn't it? Physically? Yes. Yeah. yeah, we should feel some sideways. Yep. You, the, the engineers are feeling some movement now. Uh, yeah. The doors are open. You can actually exit the craft now. Oh, we've been outside. Oh, good. Okay, good, good. Yeah, we've been we're outside. working on, you know. They're trying never. to come to them thing. But of course, oh, guys, they've opened the doors. So I don't know if it matters. Like, the, we don't have control of the cargo bay any longer. That was overridden by software. Uh, if you can get back in, you might as well, because it's already in. Uh, Captain uh, <laughs> Landau, can you can you tell us about the change of course? Is that you're doing? No, it's not. This just happened. And where are we headed? 
We are headed on a wrong way course directly into the atmosphere of Mars. We are about going to burn up very soon if we don't correct. Computer. Start by suiting up. Or are we still in our suits from last time we suited up? Yes, hello. Computer, is there any way to bring manual control back? I'm working on it. I work on it faster. I make my way to the escape pod. Uh, you don't know where it is and you don't know about it. <laughs> Computer, uh, do you know the source of the software update? Hmm, it's called Quan Kenya Corporation. Corporation. Then in that case, I, I'm really starting to feel sick and I self-medicate. Uh, guys, you might want to look at this, the computer says, and it shows the creature is now, the thing, whatever it is, is now exiting the cargo bay. Um, and it, it, has, it was glowing from within. Was it glowing in the similar colors to the, to the asteroid? No. Uh, it's been great knowing you all. I think that the best thing that can happen is that we burn up in the atmosphere. I don't want this hybrid life form that's powered by a strange asteroid to land on Mars. Right, this engineer might be one, engineer two, can you two, while they're talking, do a, an idea roll? Ooh. Oh, nine. Fell. Okay. Well, I'm banging on your your helmet, going. Why don't just flush the <laughs> atmosphere in the cabins? You just uh, you just yes. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, oh, Sean. That's my Cal, you uh, you what you 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 came to the conclusion in your mind. Wait a minute. Cold. This thing doesn't like cold. Needs heat. Um, I'm going to patch in through the, uh, uh, the intercom and say, guys, are y'all wearing your suits? Yep. Yep. Computer, can you do a fire suppression system? Uh, uh, CO2. Yes. Uh, uh, fire the, the, the fire suppression system. Guys, I think cold drives it back. Why not flush the cabins of oxygen and then you'd let space inside. That will make it very cold. Space is not cold. That's a myth. CO2 is cold. Do it. Where, where shall I, uh, where, where, the entire Focus ship? Concent- Wherever the life form is. Focus concentration. Yeah. All right. The hallway, it. it's, it's it. flooding the hallway with CO2. You see uh, on the monitor, of course, uh, CO2 pouring into the hallway and uh, the creature backing away from it instantly and being essentially pushed back towards the cargo bay. It goes into the airlock area. If we can get it back into one of the pods, we could just jettison it. Uh, where is it moving? We, of course, can't see. We don't have monitors, so... Yeah, it's good so far. Keep pushing. Keep pushing. All right. The airlock jettison it. 
it keeps pushing. I see what you're doing guys. And it keeps pushing the CO2, pushing the CO2. And it, it says, I can't shut the doors though. It's pushing, pushing, and you, you don't see it anymore. Uh, it, as far as you know, it's in the cargo bay. Can you guys, uh, you got your helmets on. Yeah. Uh, grab a hold of something so you don't get pushed out into uh, outer space. Let's see if we can suck this bastard out. Yep. Like in that old movie, uh, Alien. Let's do it. Force event through the cargo bay. It's in the cargo bay as far as you know right now. Computer access ancient record movie Alien. Scan in end of movie where they push the thing out the airlock. Let's see if we can do that to this thing. Hmm. You'd have to so, manually open one of the cargo bay jettison ports. All right. We're going to work on that. Do it. Uh, you were already we got it halfway. We got it halfway. Computer, can you can you open any? Can you drop any of the storage pots? Absolutely, drop them all. Well, that might uh, create a vacuum, is because we it, have open open bay door. Uh, the engineers will have to move out of the way. Gentlemen, have you got that? You guys are cranking away at trying to open the, the, the doors. Before we, and, before we do that, just to clarify, Sean, where is the, uh, where's the uh, escape pod? The escape pod is actually, if, if someone were to actually go in the cargo bay in an area, I can tell you right now, behind one and five and three, there is another storage pod in there that uh, is not showing up on the records. I love this company. Yeah. Um, all right. You want us to get out of the way? Let's get out of the way. Uh, yeah. Cal, Pius, can you, are you reading? You can get out of the way. We're going to try and drop the whole pod. Yeah. We moved clear. down under, under the ship past the uh, cargo bay. Path. All right. Are you, as soon as you are clear, the car computer says, I'm ready to go if you guys are. All clear. Hold on. All right. Fump, 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 fump. All pods, except for the one that contained the sample, are now jettisoned. It does create a negative pressure situation, or positive pressure situation, really. Right. You see something fly past you along with the pods out into space. Ooh. Can we, uh, under, underneath the ship looking out, can we see if it's the creature? It appears it is. Guys, uh, how, are you still hanging on? Yep, we're still here. Get inside. Computer, computer how are you doing in, term, in terms of control at this point? Do I have control, computer? Yes, everything is returned. All right, get inside, guys. All right, we're coming through the main airlock. And as soon as you have visual computer, I'd like to know what uh, what you can scan inside this uh, storage pod bay. Yes, just a moment. Clear venting the air, closing the hatches. Uh, storage pod four is still in the unit, of course, because it hasn't been jettisoned. I have, no problem. I have no camera inside there, but I can see that the rest of the cargo bay has been emptied, including the lifeboat. Oh, and crap. the pilot and co-pilot know that the lifeboat was the other pod. How did you get? 
how did you jettison six? Because it's behind four. Well, computer just moves it where it to. Okay. You, you can out six they, they jettison from below, like they pop it. Oh, they drop down. Okay. Yes, they drop down. That's how they're loaded in. So um, all that's left in the cargo bay, a cargo bay, is four. Is it does four physically look intact? Yes. Okay. When How, we, how's the bulkhead between the? Do we have computer? Have we control of the bulkhead between the storage pods and the ship? Yes. And you can you scan for any software that indicates that you will lose control over that bulkhead? Can you mm, look programming code? Programming is not preventing any further uh, issues that I can see. Are there any seal damages or anything to the doors because of this incident? Do not believe so. Um, Do you think we I, should repressurize, guys? I'm gonna. Uh, well, I say hold on for just a minute. I'm gonna go back there and look and see if there's any residual biological material that's attached to the walls or the floor or the ceiling or anything like that. Be careful in there. Is it, what's everyone else doing just so I know? I'm getting control of the ship and keeping us from burning up. You have I'm it. Computer, I'm concerned about any uh, radiation signal because it appears that that asteroid presented a real threat. I'm the radiation in. levels are dropping. I'm waiting in the halls for the engineers to come out so I can give them an examination. We don't have time for that right now. We'll just give us some time to make sure we're secure. Got to hightail it to the nearest out. station. Yeah, call in. Yep, that's what I'm doing. That's Calling more, into the nearest station, hightailing it to it. As as a as as a thought and a precautionary measure, um, Sean, could you tell me um, if? Uh, we were all in the uh, on the control deck, and we initiated uh, a full lockdown and sealed all of the bulkheads. Um, would we be able to? Um, are the environmental controls such that we would be able to um, flood um, a specific area uh, with pure oxygen? Yes. Okay, that's good to know. I had to think about that, yes. <laughs> All right, so engineers, are you both going into the cargo bay area? Yes, or? I'm backing them up. I don't think we should be, uh, everybody should be in pairs. Okay, you walk into the cargo bay area, doors, you know, you open and shut the doors behind you. There's, there's things lying around because with, with jettisoning all those things at once, a few things have come loose off the walls. There's an ax. There is piping. There is a couple of loose wires that had connected to the pods, to pro the storage pods to provide electricity to that are they're arcing a little bit. There's still electricity coming through them. Then uh, the pod is sitting there. Number four is just sitting there. The door is busted open where the creature had gotten through. Okay, no biological material anywhere on the walls or floor. Or... No, in the cargo bay area, there's nothing. It's it's just looks like it does when you're in dry dock, except you're in space. All right. Um, but the, the pod four is the doors busted off of it. Yes. All right. I'm going to look in there. How's your dodge? Uh, nope. 
All right. As you open the door, a much smaller, but still, you know, just the creaturey, uh, a much smaller object. It, it seems to have, it, it's, it's now has embedded within it some of those little bits of uh, the iridescent material. The black creature comes out and takes a swing at you and hits you, knocking you sideways. You, you aren't able to dodge. It's not moving super fast, but it, it's certainly moving towards you. Uh, Pius, you see this black, the creature this now has come out of the pod and has gone after Cal and knocked him down. It looks like it did before in the video where it's all black, matte black with these tiny little flecks of sparkles in it. But now it has also these iridescent bits in it as well that seem to be moving around in its body. It's, it's much smaller, but the size of a child. Uh, first thing I'm going to do is get on the comms and say, the, we still have an entity on board. It's attacking Cal. So while I'm saying that, I want to reach for anything within grasp and throw it at it, whether it's a pipe, a box, uh, anything, whatever's within. There's a pipe, there's, an, there's pieces of axes. There's an axe, I'll seen. grab the axe and just swing at it then. All right, make a swing. And I'm on the ground on my back up against the wall trying to get away from it. Yeah. S 17 out of 45, it's a hard, not an extreme. Woof, okay, well, roll some damage. Uh, what would that be, D8 or D6? Yeah. D uh, in space, D6, because you don't have as much momentum. And I passed a, a sanity roll. Okay. Four plus damage bonus, a total of six. Okay. All right. Creature is, is taking damage. It's backed away slightly, and now it's moving out towards you because you struck at it. It's not moving super fast, you, although you're not moving super fast either because you need the suit. So it's coming after you. Uh, Cal, you're actually able to scramble up on your feet. Okay. Um, we need something cold, I yell. Uh, I doubt that we have fire extinguishers since that's what the computer does. Um, Do I, by chance, have any liquid nitrogen? I don't think so. I, I wouldn't. <laughs> that's all I think. You've got a, a little tiny container of it. That's <laughs> a spray can. What, what about the... Um, um, the storage of the, of the the hydrogen um, for the uh, from the uh, mm -hmm. uh, from the elect uh, like not electrolysis yeah hydrolysis not sure what that's called Electro. yes there actually is uh yes you, there is there's hydrogen that is stored it's it's actually used to assist Elect in the electrolytic Elect yes yes yeah. yes there is there is hydrogen it's stored somewhere on. Is it stored in liquid form? Yes. But it's it probably not something you can pick up and walk around with. So. No. No, but we could try and lure it. Well, I'm talking to you on the comms, I assume. Right. But we could try and lure it towards one of the um, one of the conduits for the hydrogen. And and um, then somehow pierce the hydrogen. The problem is that um, because of the uh, safety and security uh, protocols, we don't have anything that can pierce the bulkhead. Unless Why you've got it's a drill. Well, this is ridiculous. However, I'm scared. I've, I've taken some sanity loss. 
I run back to my room, which is close to the, the pods, and I grab my dustbin and I run over there and I try to put it down on top of the creature. <laughs> Pius, you see him scurry on out the airlock while you're backing away from the creature. Um, you can have another swat at it while he's run off. <laughs> I'm going to say I'm backing up towards the door as I swing then because yep. I think he just took off. Uh, 24 out of 45, just a regular success. Okay, go ahead. Six again, four and a two. Okay. I'll be, I'll be back on my next round. Yes. Okay, it's still coming after you. The computer, the computer is actually now trying to help that you come close to the airlock doors. It's spraying CO2 at the, in, it's coming over top of you. You can feel it through the ABA suit after a you know, little while, but not right away. Um, and it is driving the thing backwards a bit. And I'm just trying to keep it back. I'm not actively going, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, Jim Ehrlich, Elric, can you make a uh, an idea roll? At nine, extreme. Okay, your idea is you say to the computer, you think you can have the computer open one of the the the, the, the openings beneath the the cargo pods. Mm -hmm. and uh, create a, another vacuum because he's in an EVA suit that actually has some jet controls. So if he, you think if, if it works, he, he could actually retrieve them. Okay. Go for it. You have to tell the computer what you want. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I was trying to speak. It was just an along. idea you had. Okay. Yes. Computer. Yes. See if you can push that that thing to one of the uh, EVA doors in the in the bay. Uh, one that you have control over, and as soon as it's over it, space it. All right, Pius, you hear this? You get the idea that they're going to try to open up another door. Uh, so the creature, it's spraying the CO two at it, and it is it's it's fighting, and you can see one of the pod bays, the doors starting to open. And you can feel the pressure of the of the air within the uh, the cargo area shoot pulling it towards it. Uh, Just as I come running back with my trash can. Yeah, you're in the airlock. You go through one. You open up the other door, and you've got a trash can. You see this thing being moving towards the the open door. Guys, hold on. It's being sucked, but it's it's fighting it. Can I do like a golf swing? Yes, you can. Well, I'm a. Hold my trash can. Let it go. <laughs> <laughs> Scoops it out. Uh, Ninety-eight. You swing and you keep swinging. <laughs> you lose your balance and you sort of your momentum-wise, your your boots come off the ground and you kind of spin in the air a bit. Uh, Cal, mm -hmm. what do you do? Well, I'm I'm going to let go of the trash can and see if the trash can just rams into it. Both the trash it, can. And the, it hits. It gets hit with. It can get hit with the trash can. Let's see if it loses it. So, oh, that's a thirteen. All right. The creature is actually at the edge right now, at the edge of the opening to space, and it's being pulled out. But the air pressure is starting to drop off because only so much air is uh, right in there. The computer is shooting at carbon dioxide, and uh, you can actually 
there's things flying around there sliding towards the opening as well some pipes and some things are passing by your feet you're not sliding yet because you have your mag boots attached to the floor but you can feel the air pressure it is starting to drop off though but the you're door is now, yeah the door is now open fully to space can i keep one mag mag boot attached and kick it with the other one sure why not i'll try to kick it with the other one <laughs> okay towards the hole sure T treat it like a punch or a kick whatever you want to do okay um 32 that's a brawl pass okay boom it loses its balance it doesn't attach to your mag boot which i never thought of what if those are metallic <laughs> anyway uh you kick it it it's it shoots out the airlock and you have the creatures off into space close the airlock you bet Chunk. airlock shut i'm moving the ship out of the way so that that thing if it's Shoots out, yeah, has a hard time trying to get us. Computer, scan entire ship for any other life forms but the crew. Hmm, I can't really do that, but I can look around. It looks around, and it doesn't seem to identify anything else in the ship. I'm going to keep searching the bay, though, with Let's the action hand. peek back in that, because we had the big one, then we had the little one. There might be like this yep. one. <laughs> No, you're done. That's it. You you vacated the ship, and that is essentially the end of the story. Oh well, but we got people we got to pick up and take them back. <laughs> we've got people who've got to testify in front of who sent us on this mission. Yes. Well, that's that's the next episode. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I succeeded <laughs> with my unspoken commitment to myself of not leaving the cockpit. There you go. <laughs> Can you imagine how much I'm money they would pay us for us to keep our mouths shut? Or they could just uh, auto-destruct the ship and not pay us anything. <laughs> we could have done that. That would cost them so much money. Uh, well, yes, we could have done that. Willing to do that. They were willing Sean, to that was, burn it up. That was a lot of fun, Sean. Yeah. Well, was, yeah. I'll tell you what it was. was one shot. For a one shot, I'll tell you, I'm surprised at the way you did it. I was expecting, uh, there were all kinds of things you could have done, like flooding the, the cargo bay with wa water but at the same time, opening it to space, you could have done that. Uh, there's all kinds of things you could have done, um, but either way, you, you did it the good old-fashioned way. So <laughs> tell us what it was. Crazy. It was, get this, a Shoggoth. But I knew it. what they had done is the corporation had captured a Shoggoth and had plant, implanted throughout its body nanobots to control it. The idea okay. being that they would land it, they would be able to control this creature and be able to make it assist in the terraforming. And then there was a kill code. Captain Pilot Ehrlich forgot that he was given a kill code. No. Well, oh. I, the, the kill code I was given was to destruct the, uh, the pod. The pods, yes. Yes, and I'm not going to destruct the pods unless I have to. That's true. That's true. Uh, there was a kill code that would have uh, eliminated because electricity would have destroyed the nanobots, so they would they would have lost control. That wouldn't have been the best thing either. Uh, they hadn't tested that. But uh, yes, it was Shoggoths that they had assumed control of, the assumption being they could enslave them, not unlike, you know, elder. The elder things did, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And now what to, to terraform, sorry. What about the algae? The propulsion oh, that was system. Just, it's a red herring. All right. Uh, what about the uh, the crystalline entity? 
that actually was the reason the the Shoggoth got loose because the crystalline entity was was providing a form of radiation that humans weren't familiar with, but because it came from another part of the galaxy or the universe, whatever, uh, the Shoggoths recognized it as a source of energy because it would actually, it, it provided them with the ability to overcome the systems. Even that small amount of that radiation was, it gave it enough ability to overcome the systems and release itself using its nanobot abilities. Uh, hmm. So well, I tell you, I tell you, I am never flying this cruise ship again. <laughs> <laughs> well, so this wasn't an accident on the corporate level. Uh, they did not expect it to escape, but once it escaped, they were going to sacrifice you guys if they had to to get to get rid of the evidence. Uh, say, I knew the computer but had that they override. Didn't know the asteroid would affect it. It was just that was just weird luck. Right. Yeah, it was just weird luck. It was just it mm -hmm. just happened to be the secondary mission that they were going to throw at you, and by chance, it caused everything to go into disarray. Oh, cool. Well, let's go ahead and finish. Our players included Jason Melanchok, Mick Swan, Forge Pitch, Jerry Bryant, and David Gasway with yours truly as the keeper. No, I'm not the keeper of the secrets. Me too, and Sean Little as the keeper of the secrets. We're currently producing up to five shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. The costs involved with the shows are provided almost entirely by our patrons. Without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. If you'd like to support our show, visit uh, our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. You can find a link in our description below. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch that bell icon for updates on our latest shows. And leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of HP Lovecraft and a call to the role-playing game. Until next time, good luck. Good game.